Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. We think we shouldn't have changed the rules on the filibuster more than a decade ago when we started down this slippery slope. So I am normally concerned about rules changes, but when we talk about the filibuster protecting the rights of the minority in the Senate, when we're talking about putting at risk the rights of minority Americans on the basic tenets of our democracy, and not just minority Americans, uh, but young Americans and others, by some of these outrageous uh, voting restriction laws that are being passed in, in Georgia and Texas and in many other states, I would clearly uh, carve out an exemption uh, around voting rights, because in my mind, that is less a policy issue and more a fundamental tenet of our democracy. So count me in for pro-democracy, little d, pro-democrats, little d. Uh, and if uh, changing the filibuster is the price of that, and whether it's talking filibuster or elsewhere, uh, put me down as a yes. Well, Derek Johnson, good morning, sir. How are you, President CEO of the NAACP? Let me get your um, your response to what you just heard from Senator Mark Warner, who, by the way, uh, on the, uh, uh, the, the uh, report card that NACP National Action Network Urban League put together, got an incomplete. Well, it's good to hear that. And good morning to you, Joe, and I'm glad you are focusing on this issue. I just want you to stay healthy. Susan Warner, is that's his new stance after we came out clear with this scorecard. NAACP, we've been doing scorecards for years, and we found it very important in this moment to zero in on the senators that's impeding progress in terms of protecting our right to vote. And so for the last several months, we've been talking about two senators, Senator Matches and Cinema, when in fact it was more than just the two of them. It was 13 in total. And individuals like Senator Warner and Senator Peters, who depend on the black vote, was hiding behind a procedural rule and two senators and not stating clearly what they were going to do for an outcome before the end of this year to protect our vote. So I'm glad to hear his position now. Now we have 12 more to go because at the end of the day, if individuals like Senator Coons or Senator Peters or Feinstein, if they don't stand up, they can't get reelected and the black community can be relegated back into second class citizenship. Now, let me also ask you about Arizona, if I'm accurate, uh, if I heard you and your and, and your senior staff correctly, Senator Cinema uh, uh, out of Arizona got how many uh, African-American votes in that state? It was about a hundred and some thousand. I will have to have uh, Dominic Whitehead, my VP of campaigns on. We've done an analysis of the same to determine whether or not the black vote even make a difference in their, in their races. And not surprising to us, it, 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 the black vote was the margin of victory in almost all of their races. 2020 was historic turnout in the black community. We saved democracy in ways in which still cannot be measured because the threat was so great. And Senator Peters in Michigan, the only way he won is because of voters in southwest Michigan, that's Metro Detroit. The only way Senator Coons could be elected in Delaware is because of African-American vote. And for them to put a procedural rule that was used during segregation as an excuse not to bully through 
uh, legislation to protect a constitutional right is unconscionable. Um, and am I correct that the, the carve-out that we found out today is going to be used in the, um, uh, to raise the debt ceiling uh, has been done more than 100 times? Over, over 100 times. And so it is nonsensical for any member of the Senate or the president to say that this can be done because of a procedure rule. It is a, is a procedure that is carved out or ignored upon convenience. There is nothing more important to the African-American community than the protection of our vote. And we are demanding that that happen. Not only are they carved out for the, the debt ceiling, they've done it on multiple occasions when they found it politically expedient to do. And we're saying to Leader Schumer, to all the members of the Senate, that it is not an excuse not to ensure that the rights of voters across this country are protected. And by the way, if I hear you correctly, you, you said all the senators. So this isn't just a message the NACP is sending to the Democratic senators. Oh, absolutely not. Joe, you, you, you are NACP. You know, we are nonpartisan, but we're political as hell. And at the end of the day, that political parties are nothing more than vehicles for agendas. With NAACP, we have an agenda. We're saying to any member of the Senate who care about this country, who care about our Constitution, not political partisan considerations because they are scared of a former president who should be in jail, that you need to stand up in this moment. In, in 2006, the, the, the Voting Rights Act was reauthorized 98 to 0. That wasn't about partisanship. That was the right thing to do to protect the rights of voters. Um, you mentioned also, well, let me ask you, what is your expert, when I say you, I meant the organization, what is the, what is the expectation? In other words, what do you want to hear from um, President Biden as it relates to this issue? To, be, to place as a priority this issue, the same priority he placed for the infrastructure bill, the same priority they placed him for Build Back Better, the same priority he placed to ensure the government wasn't shut down. Our democracy would be shut down. We are not seeing the level of priority come from the White House, the urgency from the Senate, and, and the, the need to push back against what we are witnessing in this country state by state. States are adopting legislation to limit access to the polling place. That is not how a democracy should operate. That is a history that African-Americans, we cannot tolerate. And as a result of that, we've just filed a lawsuit in Illinois because of redistricting. This week, we filed a lawsuit in Texas because of redistricting. Last week, we were prepared to file another lawsuit. All of this stuff would save time and energy if we simply had in place Voting right protections. This is the first redistricting process since 1960 without the, the necessary oversight and protection of our voting rights. And these two bills in particular, I'm talking about the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act and the For the People Act, would, would, would check what, what you're talking about. Am I accurate? I, absolutely. You know, the state of Georgia was a covered jurisdiction because of, of, of Section 4 and 5 of the Voting Rights Act. Right. And that was their past practices. What they adopted in Georgia would have never gotten pre-cleared 
if, if the John Lewis uh, uh, Reauthorization Act was in place. What they are doing in Texas would not be allowed if for the uh, freedom, freedom of Vote Act was in place because it would allow people an opportunity to vote early and to ensure that we have a true representative democracy. These two bills are companion bills to address voting protection issues across the country. Can you imagine you and I going to the polls, we go to bed, and we, we see that is a clear victory? There's no dispute about it, but the election can't get certified. It gets, it gets thrown to a political body, and they determine whether or not it's a victory. Not the will of the voters, but a set of partisan individuals with special interests to say, well, yeah, voters, we like what you did. We we, we, we see what you did, but we disagree. And so the election goes somewhere else. That's what Trump was trying to do in Georgia, to stop the certification and allow legislators to make a decision based on, on, on illusionary facts. Derek Johnson is served, serves as president and CEO of the NAACP. And uh, real, let me ask, can you please explain to the audience this... Uh, uh, report card uh, that you've put together. You mentioned the NACP has been and I, has been doing this for decades. Uh, this this um, scorecard we call it for 2021. Uh, how how so people know how it works? Uh, how how did you put it together to come up with the various scores? Because when I look at it state by state, not one single Republican passed. All Repub- every Republican got, got, an, got an F, and then, as you pointed out, there were 13 Democrats that got an incomplete. And people may want to know, well, what, how do you get an incomplete? So what we did was take the votes in the city uh, recently on the John Lewis Act and Freedom to Vote Act. Okay. We scored that, how do individuals vote on that? You did get one Republican, Murkowski, from Alaska, to vote for the John Lewis Act. And then we used analysis that the uh, Washington Post used to determine individual members positioned on a carve-out or doing away with the filibuster for the purpose of protecting voting rights. And that's the analysis we've done. And so what we just heard on the show from uh, Senator Warner, and you pulled it out, that's the first time he openly said that he was willing to do a carve-out for voting rights protection. Prior to that, it, we, we was getting mealy-mouthed statements about what we do and want to protect the integrity of the Senate and the, the rules and the protocols of the Senate, and we know what that means. I grew up in Detroit, but I live in Mississippi. Senator Eastland effectively used procedural rules to impede progress. Senator Russell was the, the, the racist from Georgia who, oversee, who oversaw all of that. It wasn't until Johnson, who was the whip in the Senate and also a staunch segregationist, became president and he knew all their tricks that he was able to break it up and change the course of history and adopt the Voting Rights Act, adopt the Civil Rights Act, adopt their housing laws. But that's only when there was a type of leadership in the White House to break tradition and focus on Constitution. Finally, and I appreciate this uh, all the time you're spending, so what, what is 
the bottom line for the NAACP in, in as it relates to this month and down because the calendar is is not our friend as it relates to this. But I did see a letter that went to one of of of, of, Schum, of Senator Schumer's constituents that said he's working extremely hard to to get the these bills passed as it relates to voting rights. What is the the goal of the NAACP? Well, to, to get voting rights protection passed before the end of the year. If we allow ourselves to go into a new calendar year when legislative bodies begin to convene the beginning of the year, that's what majority of our legislative bodies convene is the first quarter, first and second quarter. They're going to start adopting redistricting plans or adopting legislation to limit access to the ballot box to pollute our democracy with illusionary tales of fraud that nothing has been proved. And so we're working hard there. Close is only good in horseshoe. So it's great you got a letter saying working really hard, but we're seeking an outcome, not a process. We're seeking to ensure that our our voting rights are protected. And I would love for your audience, if if we, I think you posted on your website, if you live in any of the states where these senators reside, call their office, go sit down, schedule a meeting, scare the hell out of them because they need to know, they need to see the faith of the voters who put them in office. All right. And, and, and for people who want to see this scorecard for 2021, uh, where can they go? Because we, we had several callers who, who wanted to do just what you said. Uh, where can they, how can they get it? You, you can go to civilrightsscorecard.org, civilrightsscorecard.org. And that list, all 50 uh, uh, states are listed and the, and, and, and the score for each senator. Everything is right there on there. We just send a survey out to those incompletes to see if their position has changed. On Monday, we're beginning to get some feedback. So as scores get updated, those incompletes, like, just like in school, you know, incomplete can go to, to an A, and that's what we're working hard towards, and go to an F. But our goal is to get those incompletes to an A so we can pass legislation this year, this calendar year. Right. And then when that happens, Joe, we're going we're gonna to make sure you get something to eat. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, you know, and, but I, I, you know, I thought about, and I didn't say this uh, when I met with you, and I got to tell you, I... I was so man, and you want to talk about an impressive group of young people, and and you know the older staff folks too at the NACP. It was their staff retreat, and the man they were they were very impressive of uh, young people. You you uh, you've put together a hell of a staff, and especially I got to thank your senior staff for sitting down with me. You gave me additional information and some new information that I didn't have. And my audience said, wow, you know, they, they weren't aware of, uh, like cinema's vote. I could, I, cause I laughed, man. I didn't think there were a hundred thousand, 130,000 plus <laughs> black folk and colored people in Arizona, but anyhow, and I'm being facetious, but, but you know what? Um, thank you. And I know you worked closely with other civil rights organizations like NAN and the urban league and, uh, folks put their head together. So I, I thank you very, uh, very much. 
But I, I, I'll close because I, I thought about Reverend Moore and his wife, mm-hmm. NAACP. He was president. Yeah, at re, re, if I'm correct, registering people to vote, and That's and right. the Klan and the Klan burned his house down on Christmas Absolutely. Day. Absolutely, in Florida, in Florida, in, that was right. the first uh, major martyr of the civil rights movement, followed by many others who fought and sacrificed for an opportunity. But you know, I also honor those who lived and seen success, like Ella Baker. You know, much of our legacy is a result of individuals who cared about our community and stood up. It wasn't about titles. It wasn't about degrees. It was about courage. And so this is our moment to be courageous as a community. It's not about one person. It's about all of us. That's right. And we must do it. And for me, the precision of the moment is most important. We can go and protest, and we support all those protests out in D.C., but the fight is for these senators here in their districts. So there's something for all of us to do in the districts where these people live, the calls that we can be made. If you don't live in one of these states, pick up the call anyway. They don't know where you live. Call, flood the phone, shut down the office, because it is imperative that we pass voting rights protection. All right. Thank you, Derek. And I'll call. I hope I can call on you again. I appreciate you and all the information. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.